Welcome back to another bonus episode of Until It's Fixed. As we cover ways to make healthcare work better for everyone, these bonus episodes will draw connections between the topic we recently discussed and our daily lives. We'll talk about one thing that you and I can do today related to that topic to take charge of our health and well-being. Today's one thing is how you can help create a neuroinclusive environment. Last week, we spoke about neurodivergence, and in that conversation, we talked a little bit about support in the workplace through things like flexible work arrangements, mental health days, and other types of accommodations. So in today's episode, we're going to talk more about how to be a better advocate for neurodivergence overall. To help us do that, I'm joined by Amy Root, the Director of Neurodiversity Inclusion at United Health Group, and she's going to share some tips with us on how to do exactly that. So hi, Amy. So glad to have you back on the show, and I'm curious what you have for us today. Yes, thanks for having me back. Well, today I think we can talk a little bit deeper about regardless of your role, what can you do to contribute to a more neuroinclusive environment mm -hmm. in the workplace? So to ground us in today's conversation, can you help us understand what neurodiversity is and what it means to be neurodivergent? Sure. So neurodiversity, if you break it down really simply, it just means brain differences. And so humans, by definition, are neurodiverse. And we know that that's a reality within the human species, that there are different brains and wiring. And it really refers to the variety of ways that people think, process information, learn, and behave. But when you're talking about groups of individuals that have brains that would be considered different or divergent from the standard or typical, we use the terms neurodivergent, neurodistinct, or a neurominority. That makes sense. And what would be a way for us to understand if our colleagues are neurodivergent? Is there an appropriate way to have that conversation or ask? Yeah, one of the best things that you can do is just talk about the different ways that you and your colleagues think and process information mm. and how you communicate. It's hard to single out one individual, but one of the best things that you can do is recognize that we're all diverse in the ways that we think and process information. So being sure to share that with each other makes other people more comfortable about sharing how they might be different mm. and also the ways that they can bring their unique strengths. That makes sense. So it's less about identifying somebody who has neurodivergence and more about how do we create this environment to be inclusive for all of us by speaking broadly about what works, what doesn't work, how we can modify things to make sure the team feels supported. Is that right? That's right. That's really what we encourage with neuroinclusion. And it's also a really good bet because also a lot of individuals might not know that they're neurodivergent. Mm, that makes sense. What are some of the most common accommodations that you see in your role that might just help us get thinking about accommodations we could make for folks? The most common accommodations are typically flexible work arrangements. So that would be different locations and times in which they can work. I also see a lot of requests for communication needs. So for example, mm. somebody writing down what the next steps are after a meeting or providing meeting agendas in advance or you know, offering written materials in advance for people to process and absorb. And then when it comes to like the recruitment aspect, what we see as common adjustments would be you know, offering different ways to engage throughout the process. Mm. So if your standard process is interviewing individuals over the phone or in person, could they offer written questions instead and then allow people to have a more thoughtful response and in a different time frame and communication method? Those are very helpful for people. That's great. What are some of the success stories that you've seen in your role? 
I think one of the biggest successes that I've seen is that neurodivergent people that have already been part of our organization are already starting to come out and say, because of the work that we're doing, because of the focus and the lens that we're having to include neurodivergence, they feel a lot safer. So I've had a lot of people disclose. I've had a lot of people come alongside and be excited and to share the vision and to help the work that we're doing. So that's been the most impactful thing that I've seen. That's great. So it sounds like just being open to educate ourselves around neurodiversity and also to have conversations with our colleagues about what's working and not working might be the one thing, right? The one thing and participate in training. As much training as that you can get formal would be great. Educate yourself. So be curious, ask questions, actively listen, find out from neurodivergent employees what their experiences are like in the workplace and where they might face, you know, some barriers or some stigma or different things that they might need to better support their work experience. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you everyone for listening. Join us next week as we talk about the increase in home and community care, what's working and where there's room for change. Make sure to follow or subscribe wherever you listen so you get notified when a new episode is live. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you.